Welcome, everybody, to the Saturday edition of the Ride In NFL DFS podcast. Kind of a quick overview of Thursday's rundown and a glance at any injury issues, coach speak, uh, players that are moving up or down in the cash considerations, and a look at the core four that I'm going to try to get into my cash game lineups. Uh, So without further ado, let's get into it. Obviously, the biggest news of the week has been Jalen Samuels. He is a lock button for cash games. And really, if you wanted to lock him into tournaments, 4K at his ceiling, at his medium projection, and at his floor is something that we really haven't seen much of this year. So I think Jalen Samuels is obviously a lock. I do think that Mark Walton at $500 more is also intriguing if you wanted to pivot to him in some of your tournament teams. I think that game has a very cha- very good chance of you know, being somewhat of a shootout. He had six targets last Monday night against the Steelers, uh, and he's played over 80% of the snaps. So Mark Walton is going to be the feature back if, by some chance, Jalen Samuels fails and you have pivoted to Mark Walton in tournaments. That is a really good leverage spot. Uh, also, at quarterback, uh, I'm kind of coming around to Phillip Rivers. Uh, At 5.1K on DraftKings, uh, the game script does lend itself to a lot of Chargers passing attempts, you would think. Um, You know, they didn't run a ton of plays last week, the Chargers. But at home uh, against a Packers defense that is, I'm not going to say exploitable, but a matchup that we're not trying to avoid. You know, Jair Alexander has played great, but... The Chargers just have so many weapons around Phillip Rivers that that probably won't matter. Uh, And I think the Packers are definitely going to be able to move up and down the field on the Chargers, which should result in another 300-yard game from Phillip Rivers. So I really think his floor is around 15 points this week. And then you add in potential touchdowns. And we're looking at a pretty decent median projection there for Phillip Rivers. I think I have put him over... Uh, Matt Moore for sure and uh, he's pretty neck and neck with Derek Carr so I think I actually even give him the edge there since he is a nice bit cheaper Uh, and then at the top tier I think Matt Stafford is pulled even with Russell Wilson for me and it's mainly because I feel like Russell Wilson has uh, a better probability of not of the game script not going in his favor, right? So we all know Jameis Winston, they're traveling cross-country. Can we not see, uh, you know, this game really go and blow out status early? Uh, You know, maybe Chris Carson punches one in, uh, and then Jameis throws a pick six or, you know, sack fumble, recovery touchdown, something of that nature. He's prone to those, those big plays, giving up those big plays to the defense, And then all of a sudden it is, who knows what, 21-0. And we see a game kind of like last week where the Seahawks kind of jutted out to a lead on the Falcons and then basically threw it in neutral and didn't do much for the entire second half. 
I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. I think, you know, the Bucks offense can definitely keep pace with the Seahawks. But for cash games, uh, Matt Stafford, you know, the Lions are just not going to run the ball very much. They don't have Kerryon Johnson, obviously, and they don't trust Ty Johnson uh, or Trey Carson, at least I don't think. And, and Trey Carson was, you know, uh, a limited participant in practice all week. Who knows how much run he's even going to get. So, that being said, I think Stafford um, has a a higher floor than Russell Wilson, which I, it feels funny saying because, you know, Wilson has the, the rushing upside. Um, but I think I see just less ways for Matt Stafford to fail. I don't think that there is a scenario where the Lions are going to be blowing out the Raiders and Stafford wasn't a big part of it. And then if the Raiders are, you know, taking it to the Lions, then Stafford is going to be throwing, throwing, throwing. Whereas if the Seahawks are blowing out the Buccaneers, I think there is a path uh, there for this, uh, Russell Wilson to have not contributed, um, at least to a degree where he doesn't pay off his 7.1 uh, price tag on DraftKings. So I think if you're paying up, I am leaning Stafford there. I still love Russell Wilson this week for the ceiling that he brings. Uh, probably have a lot of him in tournaments. Mentioned that I, I think Philip Rivers might have moved in front to be the top pay down quarterback on the week. And also with Miles Sanders and Darren Sproles looking like they're going to be a go, I am going to change my tune on Jordan Howard as a revenge game GPP play. I think I'll probably slot in Derrick Henry there uh, against a Panthers defense that has given up a ton of rushing production. And I think potentially, uh, you know, they lean on Henry there to keep McCaffrey and that Panthers offense off the field. Now, I think it's pretty straightforward, uh, or at least there's minimal decisions to make at quarterback, at running back, and at defense. The issue is going to be at wide receiver and tight end again for us this week, and, you know, volatile positions, so... Basically, it's going to be the, t- the difficult decision for us every week. Um, I think if we get down to Phillip Rivers from Stafford or Russell Wilson, it allows us to pay up for uh, one safe option at wide receiver in, you know, Chris Godwin or Kenny Galladay. And that's, uh, you know, a takeaway that we had a few weeks ago. We don't really want to play all these thin wide receivers in cash. Because it makes, you know, you could hit everywhere else and then you have three 4K wide receivers that uh, total 12 DraftKings points, which is what happened, I think, two or three weeks ago when I absolutely got smashed in cash. That was what happened. And I think that's a takeaway. So I don't know if I necessarily want to play three thin wide receivers in cash. Now, I don't think Danny Amendola is thin. I actually think that Danny Amendola at 4.7K as an extension of this Detroit Lions running game is going to see seven, eight, nine, ten targets going forward, um, and valuable ones at that. Right, he's going to get those short a dot targets, those you know crossing routes, quick curls, quick out routes to move the chains. But he's also being targeted downfield. He has catches of twenty, thirty, forty yards on the season, 
And I think without a running game for the Lions, he is uh, a pretty safe bet for 12 to 15 fantasy points uh, this week. Jarvis Landry, uh, a little bit scarier for me than Danny Amendola, believe it or not. But I also don't think he is very thin. I think he's pretty safe 10 to 12 DraftKings points as well. Uh, who I'm worried about are the Chalk Panthers wide receivers. You know, Curtis Samuel is a little banged up. DJ Moore uh, at 4,800. I kind of like Danny Amendola uh, more than DJ Moore this week, believe it or not. I don't know if that's a popular opinion or if that's a hot take, but I'm going to side with Danny Amendola this week in a higher scoring game, in a game where he should see... Uh, probably the same amount of targets, if not more, than DJ Moore. Then we drop down to guys like Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Zach Pascal, now that T.Y. Hilton is injured, and we'll get into that a little bit more in a second as well, and Demarius Thomas. So here's where I think it gets a little wishwashy. You know, Dar- Demarius Thomas is hurt. However, he is old. He is banged up. And... He has two wide receivers in Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson that are probably going to see as many targets as him. Now, you might be saying, well, that's Danny Amendola. He's got Kenny Galladay, he's got Marvin Jones, and he also has uh, 33 years on this earth. So why am I a little bit higher on Danny Amendola? I think his target volume is higher, and I think that game just has a higher chance of more possessions and more targets for Amendola. I really do like... Uh, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams this week. I think Devontae Parker has higher touchdown equity, but I think Preston Williams will probably see a little bit more target volume, and that matchup against the Jets uh, is nothing to be afraid of. So there is a slew of 4K wide receivers this week that we have to pin down. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Danny Amendola is my favorite, which uh, would probably be surprising to many uh, but I mean, eight catches the last two weeks and, uh, really a game script that I think favors the passing game for Detroit. Then at tight end, uh, this is kind of, I think going to make or break the week. And I think you have to, um, like we mentioned in, in the takeaways last week, you have to look at it from a 2v2 or a 3v3 standpoint in the fact that, you know, sure, you could play Jonu Smith or you could play Jack Doyle now or Cameron Brait if he's healthy. So those are the three value options that I think are viable in cash games. Obviously, Delaney Walker's out again. Jonu Smith should see five to seven targets. He's very athletic. But he didn't play. Uh, he didn't run a ton of routes last week. Believe it or not, I don't have the exact number on me. But um, he, I think he only ran ran a route on half of Tannehill's dropbacks, which is a little bit concerning. Um, Cameron Brate's banged up with a rib. You never want to play a guy that has a chance of you know exiting the game in the first quarter. Uh, though if though if he is completely healthy and ready to go, I think that going back to Cameron Brate this week makes some sense. And then there's Jack Doyle. Without T.Y. Hilton's targets on the field, um, is Jack Doyle an option? And here's the way I I, I see all three of these guys. Um, I would 
much rather play Jonu Smith than the other two. Believe it or not, I think that um, his projected target share and the fact that he is extremely athletic and can turn a you know a quick out or a slant over the middle into a 30 or 40 yard gain puts him just a notch over the other two and then I'll go with Jack Doyle but here's the thing with the Colts and with Jack Doyle obviously there's also Eric Ebron in the mix he severely uh, hinders Doyle's touchdown upside so really like what we're hoping for a from a 3k Jack Doyle is like a six for 60 day and that's great. 12 points is great for a tight end that's 3K on DraftKings if you love what it gets you to, right? So if like if you're rearranging your roster because Jack Doyle is now uh, going to get two or three more targets potentially, it just doesn't really make a ton of sense uh, for me, especially with the lack of touchdown upside that Doyle brings, right? But if you are... If you absolutely love what it gets you, right? Like, let's say you're on a Jamison Crowder or you're on a Danny Amendola and you go from Darren Waller down to Jack Doyle and you absolutely love the fact that you now have Kenny Galladay and Jack Doyle instead of Danny Amendola and Darren Waller, then absolutely pull the trigger, right? But what I'm saying is just don't go rearranging everything because Jack Doyle is going to get three more targets than normal this week. So basically, for me, um, at defense, I think without T.Y. Hilton, a lot of people are going to uh, be on the Steelers this week at home against Jacoby Brissett, against a T.Y. Hilton-less Colts team that has really you know, kind of been stagnant on offense. I think that's not uh, a bad move. However, I think the Colts game plan is just going to be to feed Marlon Mack now. I don't know how many uh, dropbacks we're even going to see for Jacoby Brissett. Uh, So I still like the Panthers and the Redskins for cash. I mean, the Redskins have played like, you know, lights out on defense for the most part. Their offense puts them in some tough situations, but, you know, they've played really well on defense. They are min salary at 1.8K against a Bills team that, you know, Josh Allen is just sacked all the time because he refuses to throw the ball away. He'll scramble around and just go down or run himself out of bounds instead of throwing the ball away. And that leads to, you know, a few more sacks per game. So I I think, and I think the savings that the Redskins get you is important. Um, But I wouldn't fault anyone for playing any of those defenses. In fact, I would, you know, make my entire lineup and then whatever fits fits see what you like there in some 2v2s uh with your defense but don't put too much priority in any of the defenses because i think they're all pretty similar from a a points per dollars perspective this week all right the core four i am going to say that my core four this week because jalen samuels has opened up some value at the running back position right so before Jalen Samuels was going to be the lead back in Pittsburgh. We were kind of hunting for value. We were hoping that, um, hoping and praying that we didn't have to play Mark Walton in cash or hoping and praying that we didn't have to play four 4K receivers in our cash lineup because there really just wasn't much value. Um, we were looking at Aaron Jones, you know, not playing the two running backs over 9K because of 
Aaron Jones, uh, his, that $2,000 savings, we would absolutely need to open everything else up. But now I think with Jalen Samuels at running back, we can get in Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook, and I'm going to try my hardest to do it. So obviously those three players will be in my core four this week. I'm going to try to jam in the two studs, and I'm going to try uh, to make it work with McCaffrey and Cook because of Jalen Samuels opening everything up. And then my uh, fourth option uh, for my core four is is going to be Danny Amendola. I'm going to take a stand here. I think uh, a lot of people may not be... uh, you know, favorable for towards Danny Amendola in cash this week, but that's going to be where I plant my flag. I think he's going to have another, uh, you know, five, six, seven, eight reception game and potentially punch one into the end zone this week. All right, guys, that will do it for the Saturday update. Uh, as always on Monday, or I shouldn't say as always, as of the last three weeks, on Monday, I will be back with a week nine review, some lessons learned, and an overview of the showdown slate. And I hope you listened to the showdown slate overview last week because, you know, we were all over Alan Hearns. It unlocked everything. And I took down a seat in the King of the Beach with most of the plays uh, that I recommended in that showdown slate. So we're kind of on a showdown roll. Good luck in week nine. I'll talk to you on Monday morning.